Welcome to another episode of the India Independent Films Podcast, where we uh, talk about films and film writing. Uh, I am Pankaj Sastewa. I write on my blog, I Got Me Up Arini, and also contribute to articles on the India Independent Films website. Uh, I have with me Rahul Desai, critic for Film Companion and a writer for many other publications. So uh, last time we spoke a little about different topics. And then uh, today we have some topics where we'll cover about the Yashraj film's legacy, the romantics, and a little bit about Aditya Chopra. But mm. before we go there, uh, Rahul, how have the last few weeks been? And um, memorable that you watched? Interesting couple of weeks. Actually, I've been just catching up on stuff I may have uh, wanted to watch for a while and haven't. Um, I, I mean, the, apart from my reviewing, which normally like gives me one good title a month or so which is like i think i enjoyed fuzzy quite a bit so that was something uh, i was struggling to write the review but that's always a good thing because that means you have more thoughts about a, a show or a film and you're you wanted to justice to them so I, I i mean i really enjoyed that show because of fuzzy i started re-watching family man because that was a show i really enjoyed back uh, the first season especially um and um, uh, then I started watching, given that, I mean, it's it's a coincidence we are talking about uh, Yashraj films today because uh, I started watching a bunch of uh, Yashraj films while eating. Normally, we tend to watch stuff, right? That That's how I started yeah. catching up. Like, I started re-watching Rabne Banadi Jodi again. I started watching parts of Dil To Pagal Hai, um, uh, parts of his other films as well, uh, just for the heck of it, because I guess romantics... Uh, made me a little nostalgic about that. But um, yeah, apart from that, I've just been uh, catching up with stuff. And uh, I also watched a few Netflix documentaries that I was meaning to. The sports documentaries, the tennis one, uh, which is called Breakpoint, and uh, the golf one, which is called uh, Big Swing. So, I mean, those I I enjoy watching anyway. So I was just, uh, it was nice to be able to watch the stuff I wanted to in the last few weeks. Good, good. Okay, so let's begin. How did you like the romantics? Um, honestly, like, so the thing is, it's it's complicated because while watching it, I was enjoying it. Like any, like any fan who's grown up watching Yashraj movies, Shah Rukh movies, a bunch of like in the nineties. Um, so while while watching it, I was like, okay, this is fun. Also, we get to see Aditya Chopra after like donkey's years. Uh, and we get to hear how he sounds, how, how he looks, um, and the way he thinks. But after, like, it's been it's been some days since I finished watching it. And I, I'm on the fence about, like, I, I get it that it's, it's, it's a documentary more or less commissioned by Yashraj about Yashraj. Um, but I feel like, when you acknowledge uh, a show like this, a documentary like this, you also should acknowledge what it isn't about. Like, I know it's the unpopular opinion saying, okay, you need to appreciate something for what it is, which is basically an enjoyable tribute to Yashraj films, which it is, right? Like, that's what they wanted to... It's a celebration of, like, 50 years or whatever it is. But uh, at the same time, it, it feels a little incomplete, right? Like, it, it just feels like a greatest hits package and uh, of course it's satisfying to watch but then so was indian matchmaking so were a lot of other these candy floss documentaries that i call them uh, they are always enjoyable to watch but they are made for viewers to enjoy in the moment get nostalgic about or cringe watch once in a while uh, i thought yesha had belonged to the same genre it sure it did its job but i was also left wanting for more because i was like never never again are you going to get the sort of access you have <laughs> you you actually talking to aditya chopra uh, you're actually having access to the archives of, you know, the biggest production house in Hindi cinema. Uh, I don't know why why Smriti Mundra didn't choose to go deeper. It felt like a fairly surface level sort of uh, retelling of a legacy. And it also glided over many, many uh, interesting phases of Yashraj's career. So um, I guess in that sense, like any other documentary, you're wondering why it chose certain things, why it didn't. Uh, why it only chose to like <clears throat> present a very superficial image of the production house uh, of Yash of Yash Chopra's legacy, but there are also things I liked how it explored the father son equation, how it presented the documentary as a Yash Chopra Aditya Chopra sort of shift of uh, shift of gaze, shift of power, uh, almost a baton passing moment. So in that sense, I was very satisfied to see that 
they stuck to the core of you know what is essentially a family production house that went big uh, I, I, but again you know i was there are a bunch of things that they that, that, that were just not mentioned and it, it also was it also left me wanting on the sense like the last 10 years to not exist basically even though the documentary was made in the last year or so or last couple of years in fact since 2019 i think but uh, but yeah it's almost as if after rabne bana di jodi and after i think that last spurt uh, that yashraj films had I, it's almost like they don't acknowledge what happened after that which is uh, which i think they've had the worst decade show sure, they've had big hits like pathan and war and uh, but Uh, as far as the hit rate is concerned, as far as the soul of Yashraj films is concerned, I feel like they become very soulless in the last ten years. But none of the uncomfortable sort of topics were covered. Was there something that you did not know before watching, or something that uh, you found insightful? Uh, you mentioned father son. Anything else that popped up to you, or even the film? Anything about the film that spoke about that you did not know earlier? I mean apart from random trivia which we enjoy watching you know in making of in behind the scenes footage that we get to watch of so many films like DDLJ and Dar and all that um you know apart from that like sure there was like Aditya Chopra's role on Dar and you know how he sort of convinced Shahrukh Khan since then how the generational shift was happening then and how the father was a little reluctant uh, to sort of let go of that Uh, of his own sort of view of the world and view of films apart from that really there was nothing i learned that was really new like it, that's a good question because that's also a good uh, measure of what you think about a documentary series or a non fiction series and they might say that oh it wasn't aiming for an oscar or it wasn't aiming to be a critically acclaimed documentary but i'm sorry if you put a documentary out in the in public space you are open to scrutiny or opening you're open to all kinds of judgments and uh, you can't just get away with that age old excuse that so many critics lazily use saying you need to look at it for what it is no it didn't tell me anything new that you know that i didn't know and i wasn't even someone who grew up in the 70s or 80s when yash chopra was at his peak when he was actually a clutter breaking filmmaker compared to the others um, and what i saw in this like the, the way they got like a few film critics to explain yash chopra's sort of rise as a filmmaker and all it was fairly basic in that sense like it, it's something we could scourge off the internet as well if we do enough research so i don't think it was it was anything beyond uh, what we what we've learned and what we know about our favorite filmmakers and our favorite films um, and that in itself is also you know telling sort of um, uh, it, it's a telling point in 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 a series that's basically 4 hours long and uh, is basically just sort of almost fan service in a way and it's just catering to what we like to watch rather than what they'd like us to know about something new something insightful sure i like the fact that ujay uday chopra was honest that aditya chopra was honest about uday chopra's career uh, that uh, but the even the way they tackled nepotism and all very very privileged entitled view of nepotism that i have that i've heard before from so many of these production house ceos uh so it, it just felt a little bit of a letdown in that sense from a broader viewpoint uh just because you enjoy watching something doesn't mean it is solid that's the whole thing right right you know you mentioned in a tweet about learning to know more about aditya chopra what is it about him that fascinates you i mean i didn't learn anything new about him but i did get a lot of my theories about him confirmed while hearing him speak the way he thinks uh, the way he evolved as a filmmaker his views on how the modern generation what they need and how he had the midas touch at one point and you know it sort of ran out of it i found it a little amusing that they played it as a rise and fall and rise story of yashraj films when he took over but I, I, see i am a big fan of aditya chopra as a director as a filmmaker sure you know he went terribly wrong with befikre but that's not to discount what he did with his previous three films which is uh, which is very difficult to do especially when you're in the shadow of a filmmaker like yash chopra and especially when uh, when you're basically you have everything on the platter do you want to 
take a, a, a company, a production house forward? Do you want to expand its legacy? Or do you want to continue in the footsteps of your family, of, of your legendary filmmaker father? Um, and I have always admired Aditya Chopra as a business person, you know, as as a visionary in terms of uh, in terms of opening a studio, in terms of uh, in terms of the way he thinks and how he produces films. But I'm not a big fan of him in that in in that sense because he's also thrown a lot against the wall to see what sticks. He also has a lot more resources at his disposal than most other production houses. So of course the documentary talks him up a little, and he. He comes across as this very deep thinking, sort of almost philosophical uh, thinker of mainstream Hindi cinema and the direction it takes and how he can, how he helped shape, uh, sort of shaping the direction of mainstream Hindi cinema. But uh, I also feel like the documentary like sort of takes him a little too seriously in that sense or presents him almost like a Amir Khan version of a director, you know, always scratching his chin and, th- and you know, like sounding really wise about things that don't appear so wise on the outside because we've seen Yashraj churn out nonsense for a long time and it's not like Pathan was a great film either. It was like a, it was a combination of so many things that worked there. But, and that's, that's what Aditya Chopra has been good at and I, I guess, uh, and that's also been his downfall for so long. So, I mean, I, I've always, for me, watching him speak was more confirmation that he's a good director uh, and that I'm not a big fan of the producer, like even the way they spoke about how American studios are infiltrating the mainstream, uh, 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 the Bollywood landscape and how the Americans are coming became a narrative. That was really stupid because that that's basically really uh, sort of making up an antagonist for the heck of it when, when that studio system is exactly what Yashraj is responsible for within in, in a homegrown sense. The other reason, uh, you know, a lot of uh, even small films don't can't survive right now. So, uh, and they they've been producing, you know, um, crap for a while now. And it's just like you can't take one film and say, okay, this is where Yashraj rises because of War and Pathan. You have to acknowledge the big picture. And I feel like the documentary didn't do that. But you know, as an Aditya Chopra nerd, and because he's been reclusive for so long, because he's been so successful at protecting his privacy. And, you know, and his way or the highway sort of relationship with the media. Um, the fact that he came on camera and spoke extensively about whatever he did, even that he spoke, uh, was for me, as someone who's been sort of following his career for a long time, I've always written about his films in detail, even in my reviews of his films. Uh, and even in Befikre, which I didn't hate so much, but I found what he was trying to do in that uh i i enjoyed the fact that you know uh that we got to see more of uh the mind behind what we've been seeing on our big screens for so long yeah so what's your favorite aditya chopra film <laughs> yeah. um it changes from time to time i mean he's made only four films but uh, i mean the easy answer would be ddlj because you know it it is something that has rewatch value like anything for long, I've watched Maupate 30 times, I've counted mm-hmm. in my life. And I've, I'm a big fan of that film, no matter what anyone says. Sure, it may not have aged well, but that film really changed the way, uh, oddly enough, that film changed the way I, I viewed Hindi as a language. You know, my Hindi actually improved after watching that film so many times. And I actually become very became very good at expressing myself in English because of that, because I understood how language is used in mainstream cinema and how effective it can be if it's written well. And I think Maupate did a great job of that. But I think the film that has really stayed with me in the last 15 years and because of the person I've grown into is Rabne Banadi Jodi. Because also I've written about it several times. I get it. I probably repeat myself many times about Rabne. But uh, but that's a film that's closest to my heart. You know, I can... Uh, uh, not just because... I resonate with, you know, the character, the protagonist in it. Uh, I think a lot of introverts do. I think uh, there are better introvert movies out there. But it's just because I think it also was one of Shah Rukh's most distinct performances. It's one of the very rare performances where you do not see Shah Rukh Khan, even though he's playing a very gimmicky character in that sense. You can see that Aditya Chopra has directed him in a certain way, saying, do not open your mouth when smiling, do not flash those dimples purse your lips when you smile. I wanted to see that Shah Rukh Khan for so long and I got to see it only in that film and you actually believe in, you know, the way he plays Suri. You actually, uh, the way his body language changes and 
the entire duality between him and Raj. I, I really thought there was far more to the film than people give credit to it. Uh, there was a lot of Aditya Chopra in that film. It was, I think, his most personal film. It was his uh, mental battle of sort of as a person, as a human being, uh, being, you know, sort of amplified into a mainstream story. And I, I thought, uh, and given that we know he's been so reclusive, given that we know he's had that moustache for so long himself, uh, we, you tend to look at it through the lens of what the filmmakers tend to say. And I think it's one of the, it's one of the nicest uh, Hindi films, I've, mainstream Hindi films I've seen, like in the last two decades. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. Even I feel like Rabnev and Ali is his best film. Like, it's yeah. very heartfelt. Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, 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 there was this, like, you'd also mentioned uh, earlier also, I think, you know, there was this Tamasha and Rabnev and Jodi. There was some sort of balance uh, where, yeah. you know, they're just two people. Uh, okay, before I go there, uh, let me ask, what's your favorite scene? I was just watching it yesterday, <laughs> so it's very fresh. Um, I think, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, um, moments, uh, especially, yeah. I, I'm you know, like, they aren't, like, entire scenes as such, but uh, just, you know, in the first half an hour of the film, um, smaller moments, like when, when, uh, <clears throat> when Suri... Uh, in the beginning is so, you know, so sort of uh, almost scared of, you know, like getting too close to Tan and giving her all the space and respect she deserves. Uh, but, you know, his face, the way it sort of lights up when he realizes that she's made him breakfast, say, after a couple of uh, after a couple of days, when he sees the toast on the table, the way Shah Rukh's eyes light up without really being Shah Rukh Khan, the way he looks at her on the terrace when she actually comes to meet his friends. Uh, even though they, they invite themselves to the whole party and he makes excuses that they she's not going to come because it's her first night and then she surprises him by, you know, just coming and serving everyone and uh, sort of appearing as his wife for the first time in public, just the way he looks at her. Um, I, I think that, and the way he looks at the t- yellow tiffin box, obviously, uh, even in the song, it's just a lot of these small moments that really make you fall in love with someone like Suri and ma- make you want him to get what he wants, even though he's a very conservative, almost patriarchal, old school Indian character. You also tend to see the humanity in that character because of the way he's been written and because of the way Shahrukh plays him. And, um, and you know, and just, and even when he tells his best friend, who's Vinay Patak, basically, that he's fallen in love and when he asks who is like with my wife I think those those are master strokes of writing as well like you know it says so much about uh, the you know it says so much about the culture of arranged marriage as well it, it says so much about the the way Indians tend to view companionship and uh, and how it subverts that at the same time of course there are the more sort of showy scenes like the way he gets drunk and talks to the mannequin and it's all done in one shot uh, those are those are really nice scenes, but and also I think the one scene I the one moment I watched hundred times I think in my life by now is the dance sequence in the end, not the dance sequence itself, but the way uh, the way Suri sort of um, looks at Tani throughout the dance, and the way uh, the way he's been basically Raj for so long, but there's still. Uh, there's still so much uh, dignity and respect in the way he looks at her and he's still trying to, and she realizes, of course, that's when she realizes, that's the that's the conceit that everyone doubted for so long, how can he wear a moustache and she doesn't. And that's that's the moment that sells you it, the way Shah Rukh looks at uh, Anushka throughout that dance without smiling, without really enjoying the dance itself. You know, he's just doing the steps uh, almost as a statement of rebellion, saying this is who I always was. And you didn't see me for who I was. And he's not enjoying that dance. He's not smiling. None of them are enjoying it. But they still win it. Why? Because there's so much pent-up emotion in in the way uh, they look at each other. There's more tension in that scene than I've seen in any Shah Rukh scene with a lot of his uh, heroines over the years. Because Shah Rukh is not known for sexual tension. But this is the closest, I think, he comes to that. Because he's exploded in the form of Raj for so long. But, but just the way he moves in that scene... 
and the way the, the the way even the sneakers that he wears assumes that language of its own the way that shirt he wears uh, becomes its own language i thought that was beautifully done and you know it's i can never speak enough about that film and you know any time you ask me about it i'll come up with new moments no absolutely it's beautiful you know i have one moment which i'll add it's like uh, that's more raj one is that yeah. electricity one it like you know how he oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. just the entire uh, city he makes it like like he loves and then also you know the film basically uh, you know there was this a little bit of criticism that she's touching his feet like you know uh, oh, yeah. anushka uh, is touching his feet like sort of patriarchal thing but you know she's seeing god in him but we also yeah. see that the whole song where you know raj is singing for her that he also sees god in her yeah uh, you yeah. know and they all go through that temple mosque and church and then she yeah. sees even gurudwara you know golden temple so it's so beautifully done it like is. i mean i thought it's like and the colors of the film just very beautiful like the whole yellow theme and all yeah. so let me ask that question i was asking do you have a theory hmm. why they chose japan in the film that sumo wrestler and that you know even the end they go to honeymoon to japan anything that surprised you because you know in tamasha also they go in japan <laughs> yeah that's a good observation because i don't know why both films that are so similar in my head together about especially about you know two sides of the same person i, I don't know why they th- I, i haven't really given it any thought about japan but uh, do you have any theories no i was just curious because again you know the, the thing was he was fighting this guy so again it was yeah. something you know but i was just wondering if there is something larger to the meaning that i not been able to figure it out but yeah okay i mean the closest on. i can come to even sort of like uh, i mean i don't think that was the intention but i i, I guess also uh, japan is anyways in general i feel like it's known like they are closest to indian culture in terms of their love for family right like in terms of their uh in terms of the way they sort of think of the entire dynamic so i think it may have been subconscious also in the filmmakers heads that we choose japan in a way because <clears throat> it's 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 a society that's not uh, unfamiliar uh, to india in that sense but yeah other than that i don't think uh, yeah i don't know maybe they yeah. just got good discount <laughs> yeah that's what i was yeah. wondering like they got good deal <laughs> some yeah. good uh, tax promo or whatever okay yeah. now what's your favorite yash chopra film it could be many <laughs> yeah it could be many um so i watch a lot of old yash chopra films much later in life so you know i don't have the same feelings towards them um like say a lot of uh, older critics older writers might have um i i'm i'm uh, I'm a fan of what he tried to do in the 90s. He wasn't entirely successful all the time, but uh, I I really really liked um Lamhe uh, because of you know how way ahead of its time it was in terms of its themes and I'm very glad it didn't and even they speak about it you know in in the in the series itself and that's when I realized that Aditya Chopra is not soul his mind you know he told his father it won't work but his father is all heart and and that's why I'm always like veering towards the old school sort of all emotion no method sort of uh, way and uh, that, that that's my that's my thing against aditya chopra at the same time as much as i admire him that that soul has been missing from you know the way he thinks about films for so long but i think lamhe was a very mature film in that sense and i watched it very early in life so for me it was just a bolt out of the blue in terms of what hindi cinema is saying and how they can even make such a film you know like it it was unthinkable but i think my favorite yash chopra film uh i love dil to pagal hai i love veer zara very much i'm very disappointed they didn't speak about both of those films in the documentary uh but um, i i think uh, dar is my favorite yash chopra film like in the last at least in out of all the films i've seen uh, I, i think that's my favorite because that's also in terms of his legacy also i think it was his edgiest film you you come closest to seeing what a filmmaker portrays and what uh, what they probably are deep inside and uh, the frustrations the vulnerability of being sort of human and being heartbroken or being like obsessive you only see it in a film like dar and 
sure every watched it 100 times and it's a very popular film but i think in terms of yash chopra's legacy also i felt like that was a really risky film and it was also probably the most convincing portrayal of obsession i've seen in hindi cinema since like forever because i don't think we do obsession very well i think we fetishize it a lot we romanticize it a lot uh, but i think dar uh, walked a very thin line in that sense i think it was one of sharukh's best performances but also uh, i think it was a beautifully staged film and uh, uh, yeah i i think i keep going back to the because his love stories are really nice except for his last film which was terrible uh, but i i think probably everything he's made i've really liked and because i i feel like i also realized i was a very hopeless sort of hopeless romantic while watching his films like a lot of us uh, dil to pagal is the film that influenced me the most in terms of my reading of love in terms of my reading of infatuation um, you know but i think dar uh, for me as an adult right now i think that's probably his most out there film right so do you see him you know as a because since his later films later part of his career films have been mainly romantic but he'd also made this diwar and you know kala patthar yeah. and dool ka phool uh, all those films so you know there was some uh, again you know how twitter is some like he shouldn't be known as a romantic hero like the romantic director yeah. do you have any beef with that like why was this netflix documentary called the romantic because he has a larger <laughs> legacy i mean It, like it's also sort of um i mean it's also confirmation bias in a way because obviously you're going to the last 30 20 years are going to be fresh in your head and also it's i feel like it's called romantics rightly it's not a, it's not a problem but also yash chopra's sense his language of romantic films it's not like he was only known for those films his better films arguably came in the 70s and 80s uh you know devar kalavada all the films you mentioned kabhi kab those films were superb films and clutter breaking films for its time because they also changed the way sort of mainstream hindi cinema uh functioned at the uh, at the time but i feel like his sense of romantic stories his uh, storytelling um uh, really um uh, in terms of the hindi film landscape i think it made the maximum difference it made the there was a maximum shift in uh, it, it went very well in the post liberalization sort of bollywood uh, mm. landscape change you know because the once he started making those romantic films it sort of went very ha- went very hand in glove with the kind of films aditya chopra and karan johar and the next generation wanted to make and i think that platform that he set for romantic films and for making sort of uh for platforming someone like sharukh khan as a romantic hero as well uh i i think like uh, even though aditya chopra had a lot to do with it i felt like it, it the seed was sown by yash chopra and uh, i think a entire language a reading of love stories has come through someone like him through a filmmaker like him there are two or three generations that have grown up on that and uh, you know as great as his earlier films in the 70s and 80s were i, I don't think it's had as much of a sort of definitive um uh, uh, really a definitive sort of shift in, in in the way his um in the way that cliche came true that he became the king of romance in his own way and because he represented a very traditional sense of love a very traditional and and that this is at the turn of the century this is at the turn of an india trying to realize a very younger version of romance a younger version of feeling but his traditional sort of sense uh wasn't nostalgic for the heck of it and i feel like we saw a lot of it in the way aditya chopra uh, wrestled with the idea of love and how generations and how uh, the parent child sort of uh, relationship was so important in uh, how consent was so important in in his own reading of love so uh, i think yash chopra that is why like i don't have any problem with you know knowing mm. him with wicket acknowledging him as a romantic uh, filmmaker in that sense because i think he was the best of that best at that for the longest time and i think a lot of our perceptions have been shaped by that so you know there is dilpa pagal hai which you mentioned do you yeah. believe in soulmates <laughs> yes i do uh, and and you know i was taught that very early by dilpa pagal uh, i was i think in 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 the middle of my first ever infatuation back then when i was like 12 years old or something 
and uh, i think i've spoken about this earlier but uh, it, it is uh, sure I, i what i didn't believe in was what kuch kuch hota hai taught us that you know pyar dosti hai and shaadi ek hi baar hoti hai and all that of course you grow up to realize that okay maybe not that's a bit too simplistic but i do believe in the concept of soulmates and um, I, i mean i it's it's sort of a very theoretical term in that sense that you know what as soulmates it can be the one that got away as well and i believe in that as well you know like you you don't necessarily end up with your soulmates uh, and that's that's something i've learned over adulthood but i'm glad that dil to pagal hai really gave me that very fuzzy nice uh, platform for understanding the concept of soulmates because of course we build on our understanding of that as a child and i felt like they couldn't have been a better uh, platform than that because in, the entire concept of someone like sharukh khan's character in that film uh, you know imagining that there is a and he's an artist there so you know imagining and artists are more vulnerable to this concept uh, imagining that there is a fictional character maya who can who is a certain way and she is my soulmate and then coming to see that you know his maya is an actual person who he comes to see in madhuri dikshit's character but uh, that i feel like is a very sweet way of putting across the truth that you know uh, sort of soulmates do exist and it lies in the eyes of the beholder of course most of the time it lies in how we consume popular culture and sort of project our understanding of popular culture onto our life and onto our understanding of love and uh, that's that's a film that that because of that is you know very very uh, sort of very precious to me in, in that sense because i think it's affected everyone differently over the years especially when they watched it as sort of youngsters back then and uh, and yeah that that's more of a feeling that film than anything else and soulmates is an it's always sort of a shapeless concept for a lot of us as adults the more cynical we become the easier it is to forget that those things may or may not exist but yeah i've always believed in it you know and uh, uh, that hasn't changed in my you know 35 years so tell me your favorite scene from the film <clears throat> mm. uh my favorite scene from the film is i think it's i think pretty much all the scenes between sharukh and madhuri were lovely and were beautifully done but uh, i think that scene with like with rahul and nisha uh, when she basically is heartbroken and when she is at the river and she is throwing and she is basically uh, she is expressing her rage against god i think that was a very mature scene and that was a very nice nicely done scene it was also a challenge of our reading of love triangles till then because we often forget the third person when when we see two soulmates meet each other but the way the amount of sort of agency and the amount of screen time given to karishma kapoor and the, the lines that uh, she uh, the lines that the emotions that she was allowed to feel as nisha i thought were very nicely done and i wasn't a big fan of the scene when i was young and watching the film of course because you are a child and you want to see the soulmates and the third person is always like one too much but uh, only once you get older you realize that uh, i think nisha's character is very important to the way uh, and even the way rahul reacts in that scene you know the uh, he, he's sort of guilty but he also doesn't want to give her the kind of hope that she has been harboring for so long and uh, and and he comes across as a bit of a selfish prick in that scene like in a way because it's almost like he's telling her that you know blame god blame everyone but me But, uh, and that's a very indian man thing to do uh, you know sort of not owning your uh, not owning uh, your own life and your own uh, sort of casualties uh, and that i felt like was closer to to love than a lot of uh, the other very very uh, nice scenes we through see through the film right right absolutely i think that scene also i clearly remember you know i think we were all young at that point like 12 13 i remember that uh, that scene won the 
best scene of the year on the Film Fair Awards. And since then, I start I started tracking what's the best scene every year. So Film yeah, Fair, I think, uh, gave that to uh, that whole uh, Karishma and like Nisha and Rahul sitting at the uh, riverside. Yeah. Uh, I also love that whole sequence of you know that Kunguru and then uh, the drums when he first sees oh, yeah. her. It's so beautifully done, right? You know, it's that's how you know fall in love with films. They bring so much joy to you. Like it's a beautiful fusion, and then yeah. she's doing this kathak and this lights and all. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, uh, would you like Dil to Pagalat today if you watched it as a fresh, if it released today? <clears throat> Hard to imagine that. I always wish I could watch it for the first time again. But again, you know, as people in our thirties now, as people who've seen life, unfortunately, and seen love, um, I don't have a feeling like someone from the ge- younger generation right now. If they watch it for the first time in their twenties, I think they'll pretty much like make a mockery of it or like look at it as a spoof. And I get it why you know cinema has evolved since then, storytelling has evolved, culture has evolved. But I have a feeling I would still enjoy it if I watched it for the first time now. it's impossible to tell but knowing that i what i what i know is that it's not aged terribly but what i also know is that how i've changed as a person or who i am as a person and i feel like some i'm a i'm sort of a hopeless romantic in that sense i've always been one and um, i guess if i see a film irrespective of its craft sort of catering to that world view or even sort of cementing that i i will immediately fall for the film and uh, and the way the and it was one of my favorite soundtracks and soundtracks played a very important role in my falling in love with all these films back when the albums were used to be a big deal and i i think the music contributed a lot to me understanding the sound of love or like knowing that when you fall in love with someone or when you uh, you know when you feel very strongly for someone uh it's not just the person you are going to remember for the rest of your life it's also the sound the smells uh the the phase you were in the 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 room you used to stay in as a kid uh the cassettes you used to play and the people you used to meet at school uh the people you used to play with cricket with and then still hope for a glimpse of that person uh when she was passing by so you you remember life in all all its sort of wholeness and i think dil to pagale gave me that sense of wholeness of love uh, more than any other film and i suspect i would still feel that if i watched that right now yes beautiful would you change anything in lamhe <clears throat> uh, uh actually i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything in lamhe like it's all, sure from one angle it's almost creepy but it's very real you know in the, in that sense like if you strip uh if you strip who's playing all the characters like anil kapoor's playing a younger and older version and you know shri devi is sort of playing her mother's daughter it's it's one of those things where it's the kind of film where which you where you like to imagine it exactly how it is even if you watch it after all these years i haven't watched lamme for i think around 15 or 20 years now but from what i do remember and the way i felt while i was watching it uh, i think three or four times i don't think i would change anything and i remember thinking that my parents used to think i was very weird that i used to watch this film uh, quite often as a preteen or as a teenager uh, when there were so many other more dramatic and more younger films to watch but uh, i feel like yeah i i don't think i would change anything mm-hmm. okay. would you no i you know i have watched it again i it doesn't bother me but it's some of the uh how do i put it it's, it's some of the initial bits uh, i just feel they seem a little dated now again that's the function of yeah. how the film has aged and with the times that we are in but i thought it was beautifully done um, yeah. uh, and and you know like one piece of trivia i would add is you know farhan akhtar first film sort of as an assistant director was on lamhe and his mother hanirani oh. wrote uh, lamhe you know it yeah. like makes me think like you know how dil chahta hai also had this whole you know like an older woman and this yeah. uh, so if it was maybe you know some sort of influence that uh, brought uh, had a uh, farhan akhtar as well 
so but yeah i just find that film very beautiful like whole um, pooja mm-hmm. and pallavi and all and yeah. when he mentioned this uh, you know aditya chopra in the documentary that girl uh, mm. uh, it didn't surprise me but then what he was saying actually made sense you know like mm. that's why indian audiences won't accept that sort of a thing so that yeah. bit i really liked when he mentioned that but as he said like for me i'm i'm okay you know i'm a very easy watcher of things please yeah. if there are five scenes <laughs> five good scenes in the film i will like it the film so okay let's move on uh now you remember yashraj films tried this whole why films and then they had this web show bang baja barat or anything have you seen that did you like it i never ended up watching any of that okay. i just thought yashraj was trying to be too young Yeah. uh and unlike themselves so i never really got around to watching them okay 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 now let's move like uh, tell me your favorite doom film the first one mm so the first one the first one not just for novelty i thought john abram was a terrific villain uh they of course they we learned that they had him to be a biker film <laughs> and he did very well at that but uh, i think he he's come full circle with pathan as well i'm very glad that he's playing uh something that really suits him and his limited sort of acting capabilities i think he's very stylish if he wants to be and i think that came out with doom very very well uh, i also thought the casting of abhishek bachchan and uday chopra who are technically both the worst parts of nepotism if we look at mm. it that way saying you know uh, they are so limited what will will they ever succeed as a solo hero they wouldn't obviously but the casting of them as bits and pieces heroes sort mm. of joining like almost dysfunctional heroes joining forces to take down such a stylish villain i think it was uh, i think doom the first one is my favorite film second one i thought was really gimmicky like it was just like trying too hard to be mission impossible and the bunch of other spy hollywood spy movies even though rithik got a lot of acclaim for that film i don't think it was as good a film as a lot of people even back when i was watching it in 2006 or whenever it released i remember disliking the film immediately as soon as i came out of the theater thinking that the entire the entire point of doom has gone because it become actually a franchise now and it's actually become one of those starry things and i thought doom 3 was the worst of them like it was there was no even though it was the biggest earning film for yashraj in the longest time i thought it was a terrible film i thought amir was terrible in it i thought it was such a derivative uh, awful unoriginal uh, badly executed film and uh, it just got worse basically that franchise but that's why my fondness for the first one keeps growing every time i like hear about the franchise doom uh, 3 there was you know even if you look back they spent so much money on the songs and all it wasn't anything like you remember even now but you see the first one you still remember you know that old scenes and uh, like the yeah. i still remember that how the money flies when john leaves yeah. his bike you know doom 3 i just only thing i remember is amir khan in that malang song but again it wasn't like something you would remember doom 2 was yeah. still okay like i liked you know the songs and everything mm. but yeah okay so now you know between yashraj and dharma who has mm. lost their way or who is the better production house any thoughts on them <clears throat> i feel like both have a lot of weaknesses and of course a couple of strengths but i feel like over the last 10 years if you look at it alone uh um i feel like yashraj has not done justice to the platform that was set like 20 years ago or 30 years ago uh, i feel like they've had more misfires more blandness in yashraj than any other production house like dharma when they make terrible films they are awful like they are complete sell out soulless films uh, but even their good films even a bunch of good directors have come up in dharma uh, you know like shakun batra and like a, a couple of others and i, I feel like um, dharma has still managed to capture the essence of how the youth thinks or how modern india sort of changes how urban india thinks more than how yashraj has because if you look at it yashraj's hits over the last 10 years have only been action films they haven't been the slice of life mm. films that they were famous for the damlaga ke aishas and the the odd titli and all they, they always felt like films like yashraj wasn't totally invested in they just made uh, and they didn't market it well enough and they they were the kind of films that were made despite yashraj i feel uh, 
uh, you know, despite their ethos. I feel like Aditya Chopra is a very commercial producer. And sure, he's very successful at it now. Uh, but you also have to remember that some of the biggest flops in the last decade were also from Yashad. So I feel like I'd, I, I'm like sort of veering towards Dharma at this point of time in terms of how close they are uh, to to what we, uh, you know, what we want to see, what we like. I, I've liked more Dharma films in the last 10 years than Yashad films, but I've also hated more Dharma films. So it's a it's sort of a close thing. Both of them are the big, big production houses, the legacy production houses. But... I admire Dharma more for the industry it's managed to become, you know, the the sort of work they are, the sort of people they are hiring now, uh, you know, the sort of uh, versatility they are aiming at. They mostly fail at it, but I feel like they are trying more than Yashraj is. And uh, Yashraj is still very much sort of part of that entire superstar system. And, um, and yeah, I guess because of that, I'd say, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, veering towards Arma right now. Mm. How was Tashan for you? Tashan was remains a guilty pleasure in that sense because uh, I think when I watched it, I was like, yeah, matlab, what rubbish? What? How can anyone come up with this? But uh, over the years, I think I've enjoyed it for that nonsensical popcorn uh, campy entertainer that it it sort of set out to become. It's, it's gained a cult following also of sorts. And I'd, I'd have to thank Twitter and social media for even putting me back onto something like Tashan because it is one of those films almost so bad it's good that you you like to rewatch just for the heck of it and just for to to sort of understand that there is a genre like this and there is there are takers for this as well and they are not supposed to be judged instantly. Uh, and I feel like Tashan is fairly enjoyable. Uh, even when I watch parts of it now, I, I kind of enjoy it for what it stands for. And how about uh, Shah Ali? You know, Jhoom Barabar Jhoom <laughs> and Kill Dil. Do you like, did you like any of these films? No, not a waterfall from Grace for Shah Ali. Like he is one of the biggest disappointments as a young filmmaker when he was young, when he made Satya and all, of course. And I feel like his Maniratnam fanaticism came in way of his own career, his own voice. I don't think he ever rose above that after his first few films. I don't think he had original voice after that. The remakes that he made, Kill Dil and uh, uh, those two films that you mentioned were actually big misfires. I didn't like them at all. And I think after that, he's just gotten worse. You know, he made that uh, OK Kanmani remake, OK Janu, which was terrible, um, which was also very unoriginal. Uh, he's made a couple of web shows that have been absolutely awful and that I've wanted to forget the moment I saw them. So he's been one of the, he's been one of the disappointments because after Satya had such, you know, I think a lot of us had a lot of hope in what he might bring to mainstream Hindi cinema in terms of fresh love stories, in terms of uh, young companionship, but he's really never capitalized on it. Right, right. Um, what did you think of Chandini? <clears throat> Chandini, um, so I watched Chandni around the time I watched Dil To Pagal Hai. Uh, because I think uh, my mother used to watch it quite a bit. She was a big fan of the film. Um, and it used to come on television quite a bit. So I think I've only watched it the once back mm. when I was like 13 or 14. I really, really enjoyed I really, for, first of all, I was never a Sri Devi fan. And uh, I was always the Madhuri Dixit sort of loyalist for the longest time. But with Chandni and... Uh, and I was Lame after that. Like so, the thing is with Chandni, I realized that it's really not about who the bigger actress is. It's about who and I, how I've always been too like sort of caught up in this entire narrative that which Khan is better, which actress is better, which I really saw Chandni as like a Sri Devi sort of masterpiece in that sense. And I I really enjoyed the fact that it was the sort of film that I could watch at any point and. And still really take away a lot. Because I, I remember learning more from that film uh, about uh, about sort of how it's not about how women in Indian films are always heroines. You know, it's, it's about and that was a very new thought back then, you know, because it was always the hero. Heroine can exist only if there is a hero in a film. But Chani was really one of, uh, yeah, one of the films that I really 
thankfully took uh, took away because of my parents and you know even dar was even kabia kabina was but i i think channi was one of the rare films i i really enjoyed up uh, enjoyed sort of because uh, and my mom is not a big film fan but it is because of her that i sort of started watching that film and enjoying it so so yeah channi is i i remember but it's a good i i would be very curious to watch it again after like 20 years to see if if i take away anything new from it or how it's how it sort of aged or how it's dated what went wrong with yashraj with you know these films like samrat prithviraj what was like the issue why didn't you like it i mean we all know but still want to understand better i mean it's it's also like as i said you know that aditya chopra's soullessness as a producer comes through in a lot of decisions he makes uh because he used to have that midas touch with he got so famous for in the mid 2000s anything he touches turns to gold we saw it in the documentary also and he knew which what audiences wanted according to him i think he stopped doing that like 10 years ago he stopped knowing that because i think india also ch- has changes every year now it's not like they change every 5 years or anything the wants the needs of audiences the 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 entire concept of entertainment and what we need from entertainment has changed in the last 10 years and i feel like yashraj has always been behind the curve in that sense and uh, they've only like played safe for the longest time and they often go in which direction the trend is going or where the money is going so they went in t- in this wasn't like this wasn't a film in any way it was a business venture you could see it they went in uh, the direction of patriotism in ultra nationalism and they failed at it because they didn't mean it and they didn't uh, it wasn't coming from a space of wanting to do something even if it was making a problematic nationalistic film even if it was sort of making a akshay kumar sort of very chess beating patriotism sort of film even they failed at that also so i felt like it was very like it was very tokenistic in that sense and it was a very producer film it was a very production sort of failure in that sense that okay okay this is what is working right now so let's do this and i feel like most filmmakers most producers most production houses are like that i don't think they have uh, their own ideologies or their own and you can't afford to also in a country like india you can't just stick to one ideology and say i'm only going to make these kind of films sure you can go in whichever direction the money is flying but if you want to do that you have to do it with some conviction and i thought samrat prithviraj out of the many films uh that yashad have made in the last couple of years have is the worst of them uh would you say it's the same issue with mardani uh, series also although there is a female cop did you like those <clears throat> films i mean i i like the first film i actually didn't mind it at all of course mostly because of tairaj basin and the new kind of villain he represented uh i'm not a big fan of rani mukherjee as an actress i think she's a she is she's the opposite of deepika padukone she's gotten worse as she has aged and i feel like i don't think she's um i think she was a far better actress in the early 2000s basically when she was actually uh trying new stuff and wanting to represent a new kind of indian woman on screen now it's become too obvious too too much posturing basically and i thought mardani caught the last of her good uh a last of her talent in that sense like uh, what she has to offer in terms of the indian woman she wants to play on screen and i thought the first mardani was a pretty decent film even though i wasn't a big fan of the last 10 or 15 minutes um i i think it was a pretty well designed film i'm not a big fan of the second mardani i think it's just sort of a cash grab sort of just capitalizing on the first film uh, but again you know you feel like the kind of feminism that they want to portray through rani mukherjee in those films is very performative you don't feel like the it, it's very commercial it's very designed yeah. you don't feel like they understand it entirely you feel like it's a formula and i think yashraj has been doing that for far too long you know talking in formulas making in formulas and you see it in so much the way aditya chopra speaks in the documentary series he only speaks in formulas and uh, that has always been at odds uh, with his career as a director it's no coincidence that he made his worst film when he has been a producer for the longest time he made his best films when he was less of a producer when he didn't have so much when he wasn't when his father was still alive when both of them were running the production house once he started running yashraj on his own he became so much of a producer that his befikre is a great representation of how how directors get corrupted as producers and i i feel like you see a lot of that in the way 
the the feminism you see that has been sort of portrayed in mardani as well yeah i mean even you know like the bunty and bubbly 2 was so bad i mean yes. i didn't like it at all it was so loud and i think rani was last i really liked was in talash you know she's good on those uh, sort of uh, sort of quiet you know sort of those yeah. roles but these over the top somehow i i'm not a big fan uh, of the, yeah. that kind of films uh, but okay um, now detective byomkesh bakshi any memory i think you started the viewing around the same time around right? the same yeah, this yeah. film released uh, any memories of that film and do you like that film <clears throat> so i think as a year into reviewing when i watched that film the first thing i realized was it's the most unyashraj film to produce first of all dipakar banerjee and of course that's a relationship on its own but uh, i felt like there was some intent from yashraj there to be different to sort of uh, spread their wings a little compared just doing the same thing over and over again uh, i remember admiring the film quite a bit for the way it was made like i do with most dibakar banerjee films but it's not a film i remember very well and it's not a film that has stayed with me uh, mm. you know there's there's a lot of density to the way dibakar makes his films and i felt like one of the problems with byomkesh was uh, was that i think it was too inaccessible as a detective story as some as a uh, as a character of pop culture as a sort of a f- fictional character who a literary character who's been so famous in bengali culture for so long the way you bring it to the big screen in hindi cinema matters you know and and um, i'm not saying it needs to be a devdas or anything but it was just very stubborn and inaccessible in that sense and i felt like it there's a a very conscious attempt to be artful in that film and i felt like that marriage of production house and filmmaker never worked because of that like i don't think uh, yasha knew what they were in for but it was i'll also say it was one of the only uh, it was one of the only times yasha held a preview screening normally they don't do that they they have this policy that you go watch friday first day first show or they have their preview screenings on friday itself for a lot of critics uh but uh, i think it broke its policy for byomkesh bakshi and i think after that it's uh, it'll make sure it never breaks its policy again because that film i think it burnt its hands with as well a uh, lot of uh, uh though i did uh, though i did sort of you know uh, enjoy sushant singh rajput's uh, portrayal of the detective in terms of like how a hindi film actor can portray uh, because I, i wasn't a big fan of him as an actor back then but i think he was he was probably the uh, the actor who was trying the maximum amount of roles and who was really taking risks that we began to associate someone like ranbir kapoor or ranbir singh with and i think shushant did that before a lot of uh, you know in the mainstream space not very successfully but he used to do it quite and i think byomkesh bakshi is a very good attempt at that right Uh, I don't know if I think Yashraj is still producing Unfreedom or Freedom. I forgot its name. Mm. Uh, the Bakar Banerjee's. It was supposed to release like last year or so, but uh, we're still waiting for that. Okay. Now, yeah, I don't think that one's going to come out either. So. Yeah, I think uh, especially after that Tandav uh, whole fiasco, yeah, I think exactly. uh, it's probably been put in the back burner. Uh, okay. my last question for today we spoke about almost all films i mean majority of them of mm. course you can't cover all tell yeah. me your favorite scene from veer zara <laughs> uh, um veer zara or anything <clears throat> about <throat> that film you want to say um one of the greatest hindi film soundtracks ever made um by far like it is not even a contest it's just it's haunting stuff really and that's the way you make music for a if you want to make an all out romance that's the way you make it if you want to make something old school that's the way you do it but i think one of my favorite scenes in that film um i mean i i think obviously the last scene in the courtroom like you know when they meet when they see each other after a long time even the way it's sort of staged and designed with the way the wind machine is used to like her hair sort of blowing and all I just thought that scene because of the way it builds up to it, and because that twenty-two years became such a big deal in that film. Uh, I thought the way sort of Rani Mukherjee as a lawyer first enters the courtroom, 
and then just lot sort of almost melds into the background and just leaves the frame to to reveal like this older version of Preeti Zinta, uh, who's you know who's still very who's almost very shy and like unable to meet the gaze of the world she's been avoiding for so long because she's been like kept away. Um, I thought the way Preeti Zinta is revealed in that scene is a is a lovely moment and. of course sharuk's reaction to that and of course the way the entire song plays when the camera goes around them i thought that that is something only ash chopra can do and get away with like uh, uh, you know i even though I, i wouldn't call it sharuk's best performance i would still call it a very very good merging of director and uh, and superstar and that that courtroom scene and just the sort of glances and just the way it sort of and yashopra has done that before right like when it just goes into a younger version of themselves and the transitions keep happening while the camera goes around he's done that so many times and i i think he used it the the marriage of music and moment was beautiful in that scene absolutely okay so uh thanks rahul again i think uh, today was more like a rapid fire <laughs> where we spoke <laughs> about almost all like sort of films quickly like uh, but it was still i love the whole thing about you know um dil to pagal hai and especially i will always remember the line that you mentioned which is like you know it has doesn't have to be forever you know it could have yeah. been the past so that's something very insightful i learned of course apart from the other things so thanks for sharing and um Thanks everybody who is listening and hopefully we'll be back in a few weeks from now so thanks everybody